Good evening, Patriots. And it is Wednesday, March 16th in the year 2022. But if you're on the East Coast, I think it's already the 17th, which is kind of neat. And so our world keeps going around. Tonight, I'm going to touch on some interesting perspectives on this whole Ukrainian thing, but on a much bigger view of what we're not paying attention to. And it's some things that it's going to need some prayer by the time we're through with this one. So before we begin tonight, mypillow.com, mypillow.com. And it's, and you know, it's, it's the place to go when you're needing to get some good products for sleep. This time in our lives right now, we are literally living in a place where sleep is becoming a, a real commodity and we need it. And we need to need it to stay healthy, but with all that's going on, our minds are active, and it's hard to get a good night's rest many times. My pillow offers great products for just that reason, and it's something to really take a look at. And I I use them myself, have and I'm ordering more because they're just that good. My family uses them. The my pillow classic pillow is amazing, and it really does make a difference in your sleep as well as the Giza sheets. All of these are on sale right now. My pillows are as low as nineteen ninety eight. The Giza sheets are sixty percent off. I also use the Comforter, and I have the. I also have the My Pillow towels. All these products are fantastic quality. But for when you're talking about sleep and you're really trying to build up a good night's sleep, you need something that it really helps you do that. And the beautiful thing about this is there's no medications. There's nothing you're taking. It's just a quality product with a company that is American, with a CEO that's a patriot, walks with Christ in his heart. All these things are fantastic. So check out MyPillow.com. Bards Nation has their own page, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Your promo code is Bards, B-A-R-D-S. That gives you all the great savings. And you can use that promo code on my MyPillow site, the My Store site, and the My in the frankspeech.com site. And right now, when you use the promo code with your order, you're going to get a free copy of Mike Lindell's book, which is his story and how he went from being addict to one of America's great CEOs and patriots. So check it out, mypillow.com forward slash bards. You can also call an 800 number, 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939, if you want to talk to a patriot pillow counselor, and they're there to help. So check it out. All right, Patriots, here is the deal. I want to start tonight with a three-minute piece, and it's a really it's three minutes, 23 seconds. I want you to listen real closely. This is a fantastic piece on perspective and putting this in perspective of what's going on with Ukraine, but on a much bigger level. Also, just the whole concept of this sort of virtual signal, virtue signaling that's going on around the Ukrainian thing and how shallow people are in their reactions and their considerations of very complex events. So here we go. How many countries has America invaded since the Second World War? America has been in 19 wars since World War II. The death toll from modern American wars killed in the name of freedom is over 20 million and counting. They have overthrown 36 governments, attempted to assassinate over 50 foreign leaders, and dropped bombs on people in over 30 countries. 
Syria was the latest of 14 countries in the Islamic world that US forces have invaded, occupied or bombed. But you believe your American media when they say Putin is a crazy warmongering dictator. Is your self-righteous indignation based on an understanding of basic history or just triggered by the next new bandwagon that is trending on mainstream media? 90% of these deaths are ordinary men, women and children. They started the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Gulf War. In the last 60 years or so, the list of countries the US invaded includes Bosnia, Cambodia, the Congo, Cuba, El Salvador, Guatemala, Indonesia, there's been wars in Iraq, wars in Afghanistan, wars in Syria, Central America. They are the global bullies, destroying any country in the name of democracy and human rights. But the intention has always been to strip the nation of its resources and enrich their military industrial complex. Now, what about Britain? Did you know that there are only 22 countries in the world that the UK have not invaded or helped in starting a war? The hypocrisy of the West is an abomination. Where was the sanctimonious outrage when Israeli armed forces bombed and shot Palestinian children armed with nothing but stones? Where was the sense of injustice when George Bush and Tony Blair invaded Iraq? Even after the UN weapons inspector Hans Blix visited Iraq and it confirmed that there were no weapons of mass destruction. What a coincidence that Mr. Blix was found dead from suicide. Do any of you actually know Ukraine is not even a sovereign country? The state of Ukraine does not exist. If people just stopped and educated themselves before flinging themselves into a frenzy of indignant theatrics all over social media, they would discover that in 2014, UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon stated that since December 1991, Ukraine has not registered its borders as an independent country. Ukraine is still under the territory of Russia, and everything that happens in this area is in fact an internal matter of Russia. And as far as Putin is concerned, there is no invasion. But now suddenly you're all Ukrainian. You all stand with George Soros, Hillary Clinton, and Marina Abramovich. Everyone is so used to instant news, like instant coffee and instant noodles or instant text messages, you don't have the patience to step back, to query the historical context of present day events, to educate yourself on an intricate and complicated ancient conflict. So my question is, when everyone starts shouting on the rooftops that today they stand with Ukraine, do they realize that they're actually standing with Russia? That's a nice face palm right there, huh? Good job, y'all, you flag-waving Ukrainian lovers. You're actually standing with Russia. And that's, the, that's this hypocrisy that we currently live with, and it's, it's twofold. It's what is intentionally being done to people to manipulate but it's equally the ridiculousness of shallow and quick thinking and people just not willing to really take the time to figure out what's actually going on. But in the midst of all this Ukrainian thing, and that in itself is big enough because people don't even understand the war. This is literally Russia invading Russia. Do We have no grounds there. And so when you look at it that way, you realize that this is truly a war being waged against Russia by Western powers. And the Western axis of powers that is being run by the NWO, which is the Nazi world order. Now, here's 
where I'm at. And I put a clip like that up, and I just want to be very clear. I love my country. I love my countrymen. I detest my government, to be very clear. What it has become is impossible. And to be clear as well, because this is right out of the Declaration of Independence, so I'm going to read from it. And it says, but when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evices, excuse me, evinces, I always get that wrong, a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government to provide new guards for the future security. It's our right and our duty. This is our duty to solve this problem. And what you're hearing here from that perspective, and this, the woman who did that piece looks very Persian. I don't know where she's from. She looks Persian. You're, look, you're listening to a voice outside of us looking in, and that's how we're being perceived as a country. So if people are going to be apathetic or they're going to be worse, virtual signaling fools, we're being judged by the world, and that judgment is righteous because of the damage that's being caused. But I want to play some other things for you. Check this out. This I'm going to play just a portion of this clip. And this is our revelations from our own CIA. Check this out. In 3,600 pages of deeply disturbing material, 75 of them ever more so, the part of the trove logging sex crimes against children committed by at least 10 CIA employees and contractors in the worst of cases against very young children. Someone had inappropriate sexual activity with an unidentified two-year-old girl admitted to having inappropriate sexual contact with on the then six-year-old on two separate occasions. The PEB voted unanimously to recommend termination and revocation of his clearances. The Eastern District of Virginia U.S. Attorney's Office declined prosecution of based on taint issues. This individual, whose identity was cloaked by a code name along with everybody else, was fired but never charged, according to the papers. Another CIA employee was caught with thousands of inappropriate images of children on his work laptop. This is the CIA, and this is what they have learned long to do, which is to recruit pedophiles and to train them and then to protect them. They weren't charged because they are considered to be state security risks if they were to go to court. And yet, as you just heard, one and others, one had sexual relationships with a three-year-old girl. This is the horrors that they are part of. And when they're doing it as part of their job, you can just imagine how this is across the world. This was 10 CIA agents and contractors. This is our country. And I say all this because we nations will be judged and we are in the valley of decision. And it is up to us to start making a decision as to whether we want this sort of a nation or we want something else. God is not going to be kind in this. And God is merciful and I and I I'll hold that, but when we're dealing with this sort of crimes against children, there, there isn't any kindness in that. If Here's another one. This drives me crazy. Lifestyles are lifestyles, and, it's, I, and if you're keeping it to yourself, it's yours to deal with in your relationship with God. 
But the problem is that when we start bringing forward the LGBTQ lifestyle and we are openly seeing the abuses that are occurring within that group as a whole, we're seeing the pushing of sexual material on children in schools. We're seeing the abuse of things like this. And I'm saying that because I have a pretty good idea that a couple of these people at least were gay. We're knowing that there is a culture within the LGBTQ community that sees children. In fact, the LGBTQ group does go to defense of pedophiles because it's a life choice. What's not being somehow isn't resonating with the group is you don't have an option to sit and be silent. Silence is a vote. And when you're silent in a time like this and you're abusing children, that's bad enough. In the eyes of God, that's a millstone. So it is, we as as a community, we as Americans have to start making a choice. We're being railroaded by sexual deviance in this nation. There are tons of gender flips in this administration. There are open pedophiles in this administration. And with that, there's a collective group of many people that are gay and lesbian. I'm not going to round up and call everybody gay and lesbian that they are a child predator. But they're all intermixed. And unless people start standing up, and I'm speaking to anybody out there that is gay or lesbian, if you are not going to stand up and be vocal about this, you're going down with the same ship as the pedophiles because they're harbored in your group. It's one thing, and it's, it's in, in God's words, in God's law, LGBTQ is a sin. It is deviant sexual behavior that has no place in the kingdom of God. That set aside, that's one thing. As a, as a whole, as a country, if we are going to stand up and unite as people and try to build bridges, I can never build a bridge with people that are going to be silent over child abuses and live within cultures that accept or at least accept by silence the abuse of children, period, end of story. So as we head into some very difficult times, I'll speak for myself. Don't come knocking at my door with tears in your eyes because you don't have anything to eat. If you're part of a community that's been part of abusing children and you have done nothing to repent and be vocal against the abuse, and that includes teachers that have been forcing this injection on kids. There's just, there's a place here that is a harsh reality that we're coming to, and these are hard red pills. And unfortunately, when we're living in a society like this, it has become so accustomed and dumbed down to the, to the abuse of children, which we have. As a society, we've, we've had abortion thrown in our face. It continues to be paid for by our taxpayer dollars. We, we virtual signal our, our rage. Oh, they, they're doing it again. And we do nothing about it. And we don't, we just accept the idea that the Supreme Court has just openly given a head nod to like, okay, well, abortion is legal. 
the murdering of children is not a moral society's place. You know, there's a a book you should read, and if you can, you can also get it on audiobook. It's exceptional. And it's called Freakonomics. Now, Freakonomics is a, I love this the way they do this because they, they look at um, cultural and social problems are very much the way I do. We have the influence of economics and what that means. And in the economic sense, they tie in various elements always to look at big problems to understand what the true influencers are. So do try to list, get the book. Well, there's a whole discussion midway through the book on the reduction in crime in New York in the 80s. And it was credited to what they call the broken window policy. Publicly, it's credited to what they call the broken window policy. And what they were looking at was in in New York, what they said is if there was a broken window, a landlord had to fix the building or they would get penalized. And that went along with like any car that had a small little problem, like a taillight broken, they could pull people over and they could run their, their license. And in the process of a very aggressive policing action in New York, they cleaned up the crime in New York very quickly. Where New York is now is about where it was in the mid-70s. And crime was high, and crime, violent crime was high. So they looked at, they did these policies, and what they took victory over was that through the broken window policy, making buildings look aesthetically good, pulling cars over and running license play or running licenses to see if there's any outstanding warrants. They proclaimed that it was a victory over crime. Well, here's what the conclusion was from Freakonomics, that while all of that sounded good, the real motive for the reduction was of crime was that it was abortion. Now, This is a really strange conclusion because immediately a person can say, and there are people that do, well, abortion's good. No, abortion's horrible. But what was happening is instead of fixing a social problem of a welfare problem and a a deviant or just a broken family problem, what was actually happening is they were reducing, just killing off the babies is all they were doing. And there was a reduction in population class thanks to abortion. That's pretty disgusting when you think about it. That's eugenics. And that's in our recent history. So there's some real hard red pills as a society we have to start facing and coming around to. But let me let you listen to this little piece. And this is something about Ukraine that's going on and why I go back here because it reflects again back on us. So listen to this. But guys... There is a story. There is a story that you guys don't even know about. I touched on it in my last video about the orphans. Yes, the mixed race orphans. No one's talking about these guys. It's almost as if they don't exist. The Ukrainian government has have never acknowledged them, have never given them any type of support. And also the Russians, of course, are not going to Uh, recognize these guys. They're even struggling to get any form of recognition from the people who fathered them. Most of them are fathers. Most of those fathers are of West African origin, okay? The vast majority of which are either Ghanaian or Nigerian. 
and we have a ton of these children who have been abandoned by their parents not just the fathers but the mothers too the mothers have abandoned them simply because their their families rejected the children and in order for them to live a normal life and get themselves a normal man in the Ukraine there would be no way that they could live a normal life if they had a, a half black half white child that they had birthed uh, that everybody knows about even those men are going to reject them so what do these women do the vast majority of these women dump these children into these foster homes yes they dump them into these foster homes and these foster homes are privately ran okay and they are funded with private money from abroad okay simple charity okay if it wasn't for these charities i don't even know what these kids would do but for some reason they have been there and they've been thriving in the ukraine most of them have gotten academic scholarships abroad in italy and in the united kingdom and some of them even in canada well we know where this is leading this is privately funded orphanages in a country that allows adoption and access to these kids. It's already been established. The child sex trafficking and the NGOs are that are part of it. And these kids are brought into other areas. They are they're groomed and then they're led to be new leaders up and coming parts of the WEF, World Economic Forum. All of this to give a good story of the greatness they're doing about this and so here we are we are in a place right now in the world where we have to start taking accountability and we're not going to get away with just being able to, to sit, sit on the side and be able to accept this as out of our reach this problem is everywhere and the organizations that we have are criminal organizations. They may smile at you. They may, they may wax poetic about all the social justice crap that they want to do. But the fact of the matter is that what they represent is an exploitation agency that ultimately targets children and targets resources, depending on which one it is around the world for the benefit of the elite of this nation and the benefit of the elite of others. This corruption is deep. And it isn't something that you, we can continue to sit on the side and simply say, okay, well, uh, someone's going to take care of it for me because that's not what's happening. We know the crimes of the Podestas. That's, that's well enough documented. So when you look at somebody like Tulsi Gabbard, for example, how many people know that she was put, she was installed in power in Hawaii by the, by the Podestas? What happened to her first husband? Her, I think he was 14, 15 years old when she married him and he's disappeared. What was that about? See, no one's asking these questions. You, they smear Tulsi Gabbard around, the Patriots do right now, because she's standing up to Lindsey Graham for calling her a traitor or whoever called her a traitor. But no one's looking deep. And if we aren't going to keep looking deep and asking the hard questions, we're not getting anywhere. 
this is the truth of where we are. We are at a point right now where it ends up being that if we aren't doing our job as citizens, patriots, we're not going to accomplish what we need to do. There's hard red pills that we have to face. I'm all about building bridges, getting people to come together as humanity. But there has to be some red lines. There is a line where of intolerance that we have to establish. And within the concept of Christian faith, that word itself triggers people. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because we can't be intolerant of people. We have to love and hug everybody. If you're going to follow that path, go, go stay at a Unitarian church and take a vax. Because I'm not walking that lane at all. There is a moral line in which we walk. And there is, within everything, there is good and bad. If we're going to, and that's the hardest part about this, because what happens is that in the anger and frustration of inaction, people like to rant about how everything is corrupted. Everything has corruption in it. The question is, are we going to be strong enough to bring out those that are good to start standing as one body to stand up against this corruption? That's the question. And it can't be something that we constantly turn outward on. We have to get the strength and will get the strength through our prayers and with God. But we have to remember that that walk in Christ is also the point of flipping tables. There is a balance. And there has to be the courage to flip tables as there is the courage to build bridges. Both take courage. And here's another headline. This was today. Four Disney employees arrested for human trafficking. I've had conversations with people that were heavy Disney fans. And this was goes back 10 years, talking about the child sex trafficking issue in Disney. And I mean, it's literally like, dude, you are a straight up tin hat. I guess not. Because this isn't the first issue of child sex trafficking in Disney. And we know how bad Disney is. If you've been following this. So why is it that Disney's even in business? Why is it that we're allowing as a public, not screaming loudly about this pedophile haven that Disney really is? We know what their whole whole side of their grooming is. We understand exactly what they're doing. God has a big hand in this, but God is not going to do this without us taking to the to the streets. I'm sorry. I'm not going I just won't accept that. And I've heard this too much. This is the pew mentality. That if we sit in a pew and we pray to God, it'll all be fixed. It is not going to get fixed that way. We have to mobilize people, and it is our job to literally be able to get people to start opening their eyes and realizing what's going on. And these are hard red pills. You don't have to make stuff up. The one problem I find with people that get into these topics is that we, people try to recite off their head. You notice, and I really try to bring in the articles, the facts. I mean, this article today was in Breitbart News. We have to be able to continually 
put before people the truths. And red pills are hard. And what's happening right now in this bifurcated world is there's the people that are in that space of living inside the matrix are starting to shell up really hard. They are, that the truths are coming at them so hard right now that they're wanting to deny what they're seeing and they're starting to look deeper into the matrix to find the resolution for the instability that they're starting to feel within their heart. There has to be a balance of truth and there has to be the, the crumbs of faith. When I say crumbs of faith, we have to lay out the path for them to follow and they have to make the decision, but we also have to help them work and help God's hand is really what we have to do is assist where we can to make these introductions, to have that contact so that these hearts will start to be, these shells around these hearts will start to be cracked. We can't take on the networks of people. That criminal network is massive and it's deadly. And if you're one of those that's doing that, God bless you. But the actions that we have every single day come down to pressing for truth. It has to go, it is on social media, but it also has to go into the public space. And it has to be discussed and openly discussed. There should be discussions with the sheriff. What are you doing about this? What is the situation in our counties? What's happening in our communities? What's hap- what can we do to improve? And what you're going to find when you start extending a hand, like what can we do? You're going to find that there are things that they're willing to help you with if it's a halfway decent sheriff. Neighborhood Watch is one. Getting active, having these discussions to bring people to the understanding of security in their communities. All of this is about us taking back the domain of sovereignty within our homes and our lives. Being conscientious about the children is the first thing that has to happen for a society to rebuild itself. We treat our parents like a throwaway. We, we live in a culture where we shuttle them away as soon as we can when we get older. Kick them into retirement homes, put them into rest homes, whatever, and someone else cares for them and then we can visit once in a while. And we do the same with children, and that's unconscionable. There's a picture, there was a, a internal security camera that picked up a teacher the other day giving a 12-year-old a shot in the classroom. Where's that outrage? And why did the parents, it's literally one of those situations that the door should have been kicked in on the school. There has to be a point where people start having outrage. There is such a pacification that has happened. And notice I'm saying outrage. I'm not advocating violence. Be very clear about this. But when you have one person standing up at the school board, there should be a hundred. When you are talking to the sheriff, there should be a hundred moms that want to sit down to the sheriff on a regular basis to talk about the child sex trafficking problem. A thousand moms in a community. The sheriff should be brought to engage in that topic. What are you doing about it? How can we help? What's the real problem? How, and even if there isn't a problem, how can we ensure that there won't be? This is a sort of involvement that when we get here, it starts to put the light on the community and we start to expose this because I guarantee you in every single community, this is happening. Guarantee it. In fact, a study that I've 
had some insight or had some ability to look at a little bit, and it's not finished yet, is starting to show a pattern that by zip code, this is so well organized that by zip code, they're rotating the child harvesting by zip code so as to keep it out of the eyes of the public. A simple question to always ask when it comes to children is, why is it that we can get the number, total number of drunk drivers every year, but we don't have a national database that's available for us to see the total number of child children that disappear each year? And if you read about the numbers, and the number is about 800, 750,800 kids go missing each, each year, 750,000, 800,000 kids, you'll always find the fact checkers, and we know what they're like, they will come back and say, well, this isn't true. There were 800 reports of children missing, but most of them got re- returned to their, ch- to their parents, and it's only about 10,000 that went missing. So my response to that is twofold. Number one, it's the same brainwashing. If the fact checker says it and somehow, without even knowing who the fact checker is, they're suddenly right. So it's dismissed right away. There's no proof that the children were returned. If they want to show the proof, then develop the document that proves that these children were returned. But we know better as we dig deeper. And even if there are 10,000 children, they went away. That's still the size of a, that's the size of a small city every 10 years. That still should be considered a major problem. Right now, these numbers we're looking at, and you have to, we have to ask this, what is happening to these children? Where are they going? This orphanage that he's talking about, no one's paying attention to it. And how is it that it's constantly filling up? Where are these children coming from? How are they being recruited in there or harvested to come in there? The issue of the child displacement and child sex trafficking on a global level is a, is such a sin. Every one of us in the one way or another is going to be held to the fire on this one for what we did to try to raise awareness and resolve the problem. Not one of us can do it. All of us can do it together. And that's the unity part. Every one of us can make a difference in our communities. Every one of us. And it's something that we have to start doing. We should have just done it our whole lives. But this is not a time anymore to do the should have, could have, would have. This is a time now to take action and do it. And by action, it means starting in small groups. You know, we talk about the seven pillars of county by county. And that first one on top of that first pillar is home churches. Our churches aren't doing us a favor here, by the way. I don't see church activist groups pressuring this issue, pressing this issue in the community. We have very little pressure even on the abortion issue in this nation other than lip service. Between abortion and child sex trafficking, children have had a war waged on them. And then we add the next layers of the war, which are the the vaccine campaigns and the education process to literally brainwash them and turn them into some version of an MK Ultra product by the time they leave school. Right before our very eyes, the entire education program has become an MK Ultra training system. 
And I don't think people have connected the dots on that yet. CRT, Common Core, all designed to invert truth, which the end result of that is to create fractured, fractured mental capacity, which creates subalterns. And when done consistently over the process of a 12-year education process, students are now ripe and ready to be the best, the certain ones they select are ripe and ready to be pressed onto the university where the indoctrination is complete. In that process, critical thinking is destroyed. Obedience is enhanced. And the disgust for parenting and the nuclear family is all but eradicated. The belief in obedience to the state is deeply inoculated. And you've taken a child that was given to this world by God with a free mind. They've lived under the, a fear, which is there. Their children are aware of the fear of their, of their potential harvest. And then they live in this indoctrination program, which is all parents' choice, by the way. And it's society's choice. Our educators become as evil as any of them. Because they're not doing their job to protect children. They're just becoming part of a cog in a machine that's designed to fracture and reprogram children. Children are the heart of a nation. They're a heart of a, are the heart of humanity. They're God's greatest gift to us. And it's time as a public that we start, everybody's doing their job. And it's centered ultimately on truth and information. A lot of people don't want to face this. Worse is that there's a lot of people that just have no clue. I can, and I say this cautiously, I mean, I can accept those that don't want to accept it or don't want to accept the truth. When I say accept it, I mean, I just realize that there are people that no matter what you do, they're not going to want to accept the truth. But at this point in time, for people literally not to have a clue of this problem, They'll know about the election. They may not agree with whether it's a stolen election or not, but they'll know about the election. They'll be able to tell you all sorts of ridiculous little unimportant details about Ukraine. They'll be able to talk to you about Biden. But these very people who can be actively engaged in politics are not advocating equally for the children. Look, Politics to me, when it gets to this, are nothing. They're the cancer part. Of, they're another part of the cancer of it, but they're not. A, they're not an issue. Politics, like it or not, they're just little petty dictators that are trying to tell you what to do, and you can agree or not agree what to do with it. But when we get to children, we're talking about the most precious gift that's entrusted to us to protect, not just the parents, but the society, the nation. Our nation is being judged. And our pastors, to a large degree, have failed. And our political institutions have become complicit. And that's reinforced by other agencies, whether it's law enforcement, legal, educational, informational. These other domains that we're dealing with, they're either not speaking out loudly enough Worse, they're silent, and even worse than that, 
Many of them are involved in it. Proportionally, we have the numbers. That's not an issue. We way outnumber them. But our lack of action, our lack of bringing light to the problem is at the core of their ability to function without anybody checking their activity. These are monsters. And these same monsters are now in our government, in our, in, within our police departments. They're, these monsters are in your medical industry. These monsters are in your institutions of education and, and law. And they are definitely within the walls of the media. We've seen that even recently with CNN's exposure with work that's been done by Project Veritas. We've been shown the big snapshot of this, the Jeffrey Epstein type horrors, but it's deep. The I-5 corridor from California to Oregon is one of the most prolific child sex trafficking corridors in the nation. Major hubs include Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, Oregon, Seattle. Across that spectrum, there are housing places where children are housed and warehoused. This is dark just on the one coast, and this is all over the nation. It's time for us to stand up. It's time for us to start remembering what our role is here as God's children. We weren't put here to go to sleep. We were dropped into a war zone. From the beginning, we've been behind enemy lines. And we have to now reclaim this, this place for the protection of God's greatest gift, the children. Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will injure you. A very important time for us to have a reckoning. Ezekiel 33, 1, 7. Something to remember. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, speak to your people and say to them, if I bring a sword upon the land and the people of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman, and if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone who hears that sound of the trumpet does not take warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning. His blood shall come upon this himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword comes and takes any one of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will be required on the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. This is the world we are in. 
and we all need to be watchmen. Joshua 24, 15. But if, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, one of the greatest horrors and crimes that continues and persists in this nation and around the world is the trafficking of children. The abuse of children, the acceptance of neglect of children. And so, Lord, we come to you tonight on our knees humbled. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us, Lord, for the sins done by the nations of this world, for, by our nation. The horrors that have been conducted around us as we've consumed ourselves with the conveniences of life, the glories of gimmicks and trinkets and material things, those horrors are indescribable and unexcusable that they've been allowed to continue. We, as your children, have failed. So forgive us, Lord, and we seek repentance for this failure. A failure that should weigh heavy on everyone's heart, but sadly it weighs heavy on too few. Lord, this problem, in the end, will require you to ultimately fix and hold accountable all those who are participant in this crime of abuse and exploitation of children, the willful participation in the abortion of the unborn. And so tonight we pray for your intercession in this, to be involved, to step in and to start helping this come to an end. Yet, Lord, we also know that we have a role to play. And it's one that we must stand up to. So we equally pray, Lord, that as we pray for your ability to crush this evil, to stop it, to disrupt it, to help us put an end to it, that you start raising up the hearts and the will of the many to start vocalizing the terrors and the horrors that are part of this. We must bring this truth to the light. We must disrupt the darkness with the truth and bring light into the darkness so it cannot be darkness again. And so, Lord, we pray for that opportunities that can arise. We pray for the courage to stand up and speak truth on this subject. We pray for the, the spreading of this truth, that it is time now, Lord, that this truth becomes viral that it can no longer be denied. And we need, we're praying, Lord, for such an event that can happen that while we speak, you can intercede on a greater level, that the truth will be presented in such a way that no one can deny 
it. No longer will then people hide from this truth. This is time now, Lord, to once again bring the sword to this world. We will be the watchmen. Send me, send us. We will be the watchmen, but Lord, we need a sword to this world that will shake it, that will expose this so brilliantly, so undeniably that people must now confront it and start to accept responsibility for the collective failure that we have had as humanity. Our children are the precious gift which you have bestowed upon us to protect and defend. And we need to revive that importance. We can't live in a world with delinquent fathers. We can't live in a world with families that are broken, households that abuse children. We can't live in a world that accepts that a single family is a normal, a single parent family. And Lord, these types of changes can only come from your grace. And so we also pray for mercy. Mercy for this nation, mercy for the nations around the world, for the crimes that we have that have been allowed to persist, the crimes against your children. Forgive us. Strengthen us. Bolster our courage. Let us stand as one and let our voice now be heard to shake the foundations of this earth with our righteous indignation to this crime that must come to an end. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. This is a must. You know, and a parent in this day and age, when you, I can't imagine, I will say it this way, being a parent in this day and age, when you're bringing your child into this world with all this other chaos going on, which is, oh, it's such a courageous act to choose to bring a child into this world these days because the world is upside down. But the weight that it weighs on a parent that is even slightly aware of these sorts of risks is huge. And it shouldn't have to be. Just from the simple sense of the communities in which we live, it should be celebrations for the newborn, celebrations for the children. You know, when I grew up, and very, when I was, from when I was born until I got to, I guess, second grade, I lived in a very unique space that gave me a glimpse of what it would really be like to live in community. It was in San Jose, California house was on a street called Dent Avenue. And there was a group of about six families, maybe eight, eight families, both sides of the street. And everybody looked after everybody's kids. We had open door policies. We could go over. In fact, I would. I'd go next door and have a second breakfast many times with our neighbors. And everybody loved children. It was, it's almost idyllic. There weren't problems like this there. Everybody had a safe place to go. If there was ever a problem, you could go to somebody's house. If your parents weren't home or for whatever reason, everybody looked after each other and everybody checked in and all the adults were friends. That's a world that shouldn't be an anomaly. 
That type of world should be available to all of our children. It makes a difference. When you grow up with that and then you see a world like this, I'll tell you what, this evil needs to go because it's stealing the most precious time for children. And this evil has infected hearts and souls. And so our work is a big one. God's hand can repair this, but it is going to be the diligence which we do in the engagement with people to awaken them, to give them the solidity and faith to to start coming together. And we become the bridge builders in the midst of this. But we also have to be the truth tellers and the bearers of light. This darkness that is living almost in the open now must be exposed and must be expunged. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. We have a lot of work ahead, and our prayers are going to be critical. This is why I say so many times that this thing isn't going away anytime soon. There's a tremendous amount of work ahead for all of us. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But don't think for a minute that we don't have an important role here. We are in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee, 1 p.m. Pacific. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see. Keep us down I can see it now
sets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow. Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Thank、you.